All right, so Father, we just come before you, and and uh, Lord, we just want to make it clear that we're gathered in Jesus' name, and we thank you for your presence here. Lord, we look to you now together individually, and Lord, also as a group. It's so good to be one of your children. It's so good to be part of the called out assembly. And Lord, it's our it's our Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And so thank you. God, thank you. Uh, just to think about everything that you've done is is almost overwhelming sometimes. And and Lord, uh, we just want to acknowledge your goodness starting out. And Lord, I pray that during the teaching time and during our small group times, God, just you would be glorified. And, you know, David prayed, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. And, and Lord, we just trust you to open our eyes this morning. And so we ask for that in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So, well, yeah, we'll have some time here just in the word together. So heads up. You have to pay attention because we're going to do small groups afterwards. So you have to have something to talk about in your small group. So you have to, you got to, you got to write something down during the teaching time. So, okay. Open your Bibles to third John, if you would. Third John, we are in our hospitality series. And um, just by way of review, last week, we saw some things. We saw some things out of third John verse 11 which reads this, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. Okay, kind of a funny verse. Don't do bad, do good. Like you would think that would be so obvious that John wouldn't have to say it. But last week we, we looked at it and we saw there are, there are some things we need to know. So beloved, that's who they were. And then follow, that's what they do. Okay. Not following is not an option. So you will follow after good or you will follow after evil. We talked last week about how in America, we're also fiercely independent. It's like, I don't want to follow anybody anytime and no one can make me and and I think that's in the Constitution somewhere. Okay, well, no, you have to follow. Either follow that which is good or follow that which is evil. Not following is actually not a choice. We saw that in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. But then we see that John tells us, follow that which is good, not that which is evil. So we looked at some things comparing Scripture to Scripture last week. And we do have to be told to follow that which is good, not that which is evil, because the God of this world, that's the devil, has blinded the minds of people. People don't even know they have to come to that point like Joshua did, like, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Most people don't even get that far, do they? Like, you could probably think of some people you know, family, friends, coworkers, whatever, who they've actually never been brought to that point of decision. As for me and my house, we will follow fill in the blank. So people do, we, we do need to be told that. Okay, but there's also because the devil, he's at work. He does immunize us against the truth to the best of his ability. And then there's people like Diotrephes. Diotrephes is one of the characters in 3 John. 
So you've got the good guy, Demetrius, you've got the bad guy, Diotrephes. And when you're reading through it, it's like a melodrama. Okay, so Demetrius, yay, he's the hero, right? And then it's Diotrephes, and that's where everybody throws their, you know, you wad up your, your program, and it's boo, hiss, right? Have you ever been to a melodrama? Who's been to like a melodrama? Just Christine and I. Okay, that's a bad illustration. If I'll have to come up with another one. The soap opera, okay. Which soap operas do you watch, Freed? Days of our lives. Okay, so. Yeah, so the good guys, that's Demetrius. And the bad guys in Days of Our Lives, that's Diotrephes. That's the same. Okay. But anyway, Diotrephes was in the church and he was leading the church and he was telling people to follow him. And here is John, the Apostle John, the Elder John, who writes a letter and says, Don't follow that guy. Okay, not as crystal clear anymore, is it? So we, we like, like the instructions we saw last week do need to be given because of the darkness, because of the devil, because of diatrophies. You'll have to, I don't want to re-preach that message this morning, but, but maybe go back and listen to that. This morning, we're going to look at some things, so four things out of the second half of this verse that will help us with our thanksgiving. Okay, so the last half of verse 11 says, he that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hast not seen God. And so, so we're going to be looking at some things out of this passage, four things in particular. But by way of introduction, have you heard, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, introduction. Have you heard of the augmented reality glasses? They're also called smart glasses. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Huh? It's new to most of us, yes. They're not virtual reality because they don't block out the physical world and replace it with something else. But they're very much like that. And what they do is you still see everything that's in front of you, but now there's also little cameras hooked up to the internet, the internet of things. So it's connected to my phone and your phone and your phone and and it recognizes all sorts of things and it gives you your glasses. If you put them on, okay, now I see you, but I also see, oh, Philip's a police officer. I've, like I've got like information on you. Oh, Bill and Paulette live in the Northeast. Like I don't know exactly what information they give from Florida. Like, like maybe you got like a little tag or something, but it gives you, in addition to reality, it augments reality with additional data on everybody and everything. Okay. If you put on your augmented reality glasses, you now have data that people without those glasses don't have you can use information to make decisions that other people can't make. Here in our picture, there, this person's at the store, it looks like, and it says buy and percentage, and, and here's a shopping cart. Like you could put things and you can use your eyes 
with your augmented reality glasses, your eye movements can actually make decisions and things like that. Seems a little too connected for my, my, uh, yeah, like, I'm like, no, thanks. I'll just like get a real card and I don't need to know all the, that data. But anyway, here's the illustration that I'm making that, that if we can put on our spiritual glasses, if I can augment the physical reality before me with spiritual glasses and see through that lens, that's going to help me be thankful. And there's four things in the second half of this verse. There's being of God, there's doing good, there's doing evil, and there's seeing God. Four different things in this verse that if we can see them through a spiritual lens, man, it's going to make us thankful. Now. John, the Apostle John, he writes in a way you've got to put on your spiritual glasses if you're really going to interact with his writings. Otherwise, I mean, you can just read it, like read a chapter a day to keep the devil away or whatever. But, but if you're actually going to try to get your head around what John is saying, you have to look at it with our spiritual glasses on. So that's what we're going to tackle this, this morning. You guys ready? Okay, so the first thing is being of God. Perfect. So there's a lot of things that we know about. If you just think about it for a second, it's a lot of things that are of God, the son of God, the spirit of God, the word of God, the kingdom of God, the sons of God, the people of God, the power of God. There's a lot of things that just without even working hard, we can think of that are of God. But what kind of comes to mind for me is what God did in the beginning, where God created the heaven and the, like, like God went to work and on the first day he made certain things and he looked at it and he goes, that's good. Then on the second day he made his things. And if you're a kid town worker, you probably know like what he made on which day because you've done that craft. Okay, so, but, but every day God would do something and the creation that he made was of God. And he looked at it and he said, it is good. And all those things we listed, the son of God, the spirit of God, the word of God, the power of God, the kingdom of God, the will of God, those are all really good. All right, check this out. The verse in 3 John says, he that doeth good is of God. And here is the worldview that I hope that, that we have as followers of Christ is that you are of God. Okay, so let's look at some verses. Romans chapter 11, verse 36 says, for of him, there it is, of God, and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever, amen. Second Corinthians 5, 17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's what happened when you were saved. And all things, verse 18, are of God. Okay, we should have the, the PowerPoint for those, Dempsey. Okay, so go to the next one. There we go, right there. So just look at that. If you are in Christ, old things are passed away, all things are became new. You knew that, right? All things are now of God. That means who you are is just like what God created on day one. 
what he created on day two. We are of God. We are sons or children of God. And, and that fills me with great hope because God does all things well. Not only that, but turn to Ephesians chapter two. I'm just going to read here a little bit and, and just think about what we have to be thankful for. Okay. And you hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation, that is our lifestyle, in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature. We were just doing what came natural to us. What's wrong with that? Well, we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who was rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us. He's made us alive together with Christ, for by grace are you saved through faith. And he's raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm glad that you're sitting here with us this morning, but I'm so much more glad that we are together seated in heavenly places. What a thought. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through, through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are the handiwork of God. And that just makes me really grateful and thankful to be of God. Okay, so, but that's not all, because Third John continues, talks about he that doeth good is of God. Okay, so Let's talk about doing good real quick. And all we have to do is complete the passages that we just read above. Okay, so we, we read Romans eleven thirty six, being of him, through him, and to him. Of him speaks to the origin. That's the new life you have. You're now in Christ. Through him, that, that's the Holy Spirit is actually doing the work. And then to him, to God be the glory. At the end of this whole story, God is glorified, not us. But, but it, the next passage in Romans is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Okay? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what? Present your body. Now that you are this new creature of God, now it's time for you to, to do good. Well, how can I do good? Because Romans 7 says there's a law that I try to do good, but then I mess it all up. No, present your body a living sacrifice. We are of him and we have the ability to do good as we simply walk in the spirit and serve God accordingly. Ephesians 2.10 finishes the verse that we started earlier, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I stopped there. The verse continues, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in him okay so the new creatures that we are in christ are created and designed to fulfill a purpose to do good works now why would i be thankful 
okay? Why would understanding that make me thankful? Well, well, here's how it works. The more I simply do what I'm designed to do, the more fulfilled I am. The more fellowship that I have, the more thankful I am, because that's what I was designed for. I no longer fit in this world very well. If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what shall I do? Because I just don't feel at home in this world anymore. See, I don't. Okay, if I don't fit there, but I do fit in the kingdom of God, if I am created under good works, the more of those good works I can find myself doing, the more fulfilled I'm going to be, the more satisfied I'm going to be. You know the world doesn't satisfy, right? Well, what does satisfy? Doing that thing which I'm created to do. Psychology would call it self-actualization. Are you doing that thing which you were designed to do? Well, the more I follow Christ, the more fellowship I have with him, the more grateful I am. Finding my purpose. I've looked for it everywhere out in the world. Like Neo. Neo's getting ready to get out of the car in the rain. Trinity, I think, or one of the other characters. Trinity goes, yeah, but you've already been down that road, Neo. You, and you know where it ends up. There we go. Praise the Lord. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matrix works. Yeah. Okay. The, when, when God uses you to bring someone to the faith. Guys, there's nothing like that. It's so fulfilling. I'm so thankful. In fact, when I see God at work in your life, I'm so grateful. I feel like 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul says, I thank my God always on your behalf. Man, I saw God at work in Wagi's life. God used Wagi to, 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 to preach the gospel and someone was born again. I thank God for the grace that you gave to Wagi. I thank for the grace. That, does that make sense? I can look at my brothers and sisters in Christ. I can look at your life and be so thankful. Why? I didn't receive the grace. No, no, no. You did. But I'm so thankful for the fellowship that we have. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son. And our joy is full. Okay, we need to have those augmented reality glasses on. I see God at work in your life, and I'm so thankful. Okay. Third John. Chapter 11, he that doeth good is of God. He that doeth evil hath not seen God. There are people that do evil. Now, the evil person in our story in 3 John is Diotrephes. Diotrephes is doing evil. And here's what I want us to see in this. If we can see the world for what it is, we will be very thankful to be called out of it through salvation and to be separated from it by sanctification. Some verses here in the epistles of John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 12. Okay. We are to love one another, verse 11, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, who slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? 
because his own works were evil and his brother's works were righteous. Okay. Just look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 12. Why did Cain kill Abel? Okay, what's the verse say? Verse Okay, so verse 12 says, he why did he why did he slay him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's works were righteous. What was the evil work that Cain did that Abel did differently that Okay, he murdered because he was jealous because his works were evil, but the work that he did was actually bringing the wrong sacrifice. He brought a sacrifice to God and God's like, that's evil. Just do what Abel did. Well, Abel just brought a sacrifice too. What's the difference? Abel brought the right sacrifice. Cain brought the wrong sacrifice. And God's testimony on that thing is that Cain's works were evil. Okay, this is the point I want to make. Doing evil isn't just murder, adultery, and such horribleness. Doing evil is doing things in a way that is not God's way. Diotrephes in our story is the one that John's referring to in 3 John. He says, don't do that which is, like, don't follow after evil. Okay, hang on. Diotrephes was in the church. He was participating. He wasn't just attending. He took that altar call to say, you know, go get involved. He got involved. In fact, he was leading in the church. Cain just brought a sacrifice. That's what he's supposed to do. Ah. If it's not God's way, then it's our way, and our motivations aren't God's motivations, and we can end up doing evil, even though it would look like to everybody we're doing good. You guys see that? First John chapter 5, verse 19 says, we know that we are of God. Woohoo, there it is again, of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. See, it's not just doing things that are horrible sins that'll get you beat up or put on death row or something like that. It's actually just doing things in a way that isn't God's way. The whole world lies in darkness. The whole world lies in wickedness. Once we see that, that this world is a dry and thirsty land, you're like, well, why would God leave us in a dry and thirsty land? Who knows? Why did God leave us here? To witness. God so loved the world, he left you in it. But yeah, but God, I don't feel at home in this world. It's like, yeah, I know, neither did I. I just came to seek and save that which is lost. And as I return to the Father, as the Father sent me, so I send you. But don't try to find satisfaction here. Don't dig cisterns for yourself in this world and forsake the rivers of living water, right? If we're going to beat one drum and living well, it is this, find your satisfaction from God, okay? And then just let your ministry be the overflow of that. Like, let's not turn this thing into human religion, amen?
Okay. Paul says in Philippians 3, 7 through 10, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do, do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Okay, whatever you can add to your life with Christ out of this world is actually a negative. So if I have Jesus, and then I'm like, and now I have Jesus and something out of this world, which provides me with great satisfaction. Oh, yeah, no, you just suffered loss. That new thing that you're striving for out of the world just diminished your joy, just diminished your fellowship. It just cost you something. It's just a thorn, a vine from this world. It's just going to hinder you. Now, you can have stuff. Have stuff, have a home, have view, like, just don't let it sit on the throne of your heart where Christ is, right? So I, I have Christ and that's enough. And then everything else is just going to be a blessing. It's not going to be an idol. You guys understand that, right? Okay. Let's move on here. Seeing God. This is the last part of our, of our verse. He that doeth evil hath not seen God. What in the world? Is John talking about? No one here is seeing God. God's a spirit. No one can see him. Okay, actually, we can see him. Sam said in his message today, speaking of Joseph, when he was talking about did Joseph sin or not? Well, of course, Joseph sinned, but the Bible didn't record it because God wants us to see Christ in Joseph. Did you see Christ in Joseph this morning? The picture, the type, the, the, the analogy set forth. This guy who was mistreated by his brethren, who went down into the pit, was sold into slavery for silver, and like, but then ends up being the savior of the world. Do we see Christ in Joseph? Yeah, we, I would argue that we saw God this morning. If, if we have our spiritual lenses on. So just real quickly before we go on. We see God as we seek him. For example, we see him in creation. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 says that because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Creation declares the creator. And we can see the creator through the creation. Hebrews 4, 16 we, we, we seek him, we see him in prayer. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. So I approach the throne of grace during my prayer time. I obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Has God ever answered your prayers? Yeah, you saw God. You sought him. You interacted with him. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9. We see that we can see God in one another. How so? Well, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man. The old man is you. Okay, the old man is Berno. Berno, put off Berno and put on the new man, which is renewed after the image of him that created him. So who created you? Christ. Who is the image that you're putting on? Christ. So as Berno puts off Berno and puts on Christ, I look at my brother and I'm like, 
man, Bruno, I see Christ in you. Okay, if, if I'm seeing right, if I've got my spiritual lenses on, and guess what? I see Christ in you. I see you guys, and I see how God's at work in your life, and I see your desire to follow him. I'm just like, like I see Christ. I see God at work, and it's so beautiful. And guess what? When I've got my right lenses on, it makes me very thankful. Okay, here's the part that concerns me. Here's the part that concerns me. That Diotrephes was in the church and he was participating and he was leading and he was religious and he was just doing what came naturally to him. But he's the guy that it says, don't follow him that does evil. And here's my concern. You're in the church and you're participating and some of you are even leading. But if we don't see God, if this is all just religious activity, like like what would keep me from ending up like diatrophies? You know what keeps me from being diatrophies is I see God. When I see God, I'm so humble and I'm so grateful. I've got my spiritual glasses on and we just need to make sure that that's the place that we're in. And if we are, guess what? We're going to be thankful. We're going to be grateful. Okay, so our thankfulness is a measure really of our focus. Like, so if we focus on the physical things all the time, if you focus on your circumstances all the time, you know what that does is it kind of takes away your thankfulness to God. If we focus more on the spiritual, it will make us more spiritual. It'll make us more thankful. So in 2007, smartphones became a thing, okay? We've all got our, our, our smartphones probably. By 2015, eight years later, 92% of adolescents and young adults had their own smartphone. Okay, so they came on the scene in 2007. By 2015, 92% of adolescents and young adults had them. Depression and suicide attempts increased at the same level in a linear relationship with those phones. Because if you've got a smartphone, you're connected to the world in a way like never before. That connection to the world leads to depression, it leads to anxiety, and it's correlated. The more time kids spend on phones, the more isolated they become. Okay, so you're connected to the whole world, but it leaves you isolated, it leaves you depressed, it leaves you anxious. Okay, and there is an epidemic. I can't tell you about the patients I see because it, it's probably a HIPAA violation. But I could just tell you this. You know, last week, Friday morning, my last patient, it's somebody who, I, I, I mean, as I handed off this patient to the doctor taking my place, that this was her comment. So this is how these guys are going to spend their Thanksgiving weekend in, in the inpatient psych facility, assuming there isn't physical damage from the overdose. Like, that's how you're going to spend your Thanksgiving. That, that's the path that their lifestyle leads to. And I just, I'm brokenhearted because all they have to do it's just 
look at things spiritually and see God for who he is. There's so many people, and you know them. I, we dealt with draw. I mean, there's just so much out there where it's so clear that people are deceived and they're held captive. According, we have been anointed to set the captives free. We have the good news of the gospel. We have the ability to pray. Okay, so we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. So I've got some discussion questions that can get you going on this. Maybe just practical things like, I'm going to make sure my kid isn't on the phone. Okay, two hours a day would, would of screen time total would be the, the maximum recommendation by the, like this, like the medical world. Okay. As believers, we'd probably, I mean, we'd want to look at that and see if that's not way too much even. But anyway, it may be that, that my thankfulness isn't where it should be. And I just want to think about, am I focused more on the physical? Do I need to change my lens and, and look at things spiritually? But we've got some time. So let's just break up into our small groups. Make sure, let's make sure everyone has a chance to share. Okay, if you're in a group like this, can't be one small. That's a big group. That's not a small group. So you guys will need to kind of divide up there. But let's just spend some time together working through this. And then we'll all uh, close us up here at the end as a group.